25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, St. Louis. Welcome to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Delsing. I'm here with my longtime friend and caddy, John Perlis. Good morning, Perley. Good morning. Fantastic to be here. There is a lot to cover this show. We have got some really cool information. You know, we formatted the show like a typical round of golf. This first segment is called On the Range, and it's brought to you by 20 Minutes to Fitness. 20 minutes a week is all you need. All right, so we just had one crazy final round at the Waste Management Open. Ricky Fowler had one of the unluckiest things I've ever seen happen to him on the 11th hole. Somebody was asking me that uh, the other day if I'd seen anything that crazy. And, uh, you know, you've been, you and I have been around a lot. I can remember an earthquake up in Northern California moved the ball around. That was kind of crazy, too. But relative to the high-stakes drama that everybody was watching, no, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite that crazy. So just a quick recap. Ricky's standing on the 11th tee, five-shot lead. Yep. Okay. He walks off the 11th, tied, bogeys the 12th, to a birdie by Brandon Grace, and he's one down. Okay, so but we got to we got to kind of re um, review what what happened on eleven. <laughs> Good I, luck. And Good I luck. think right, and I think the thing that really needs to be be talked about a little bit is the dramatic change in weather. And for any of you folks that have been out in the desert, you know it is absolutely ideal when it when it's um, nice and sunny, and when it's not, it's cold and damp. And the scoring average was higher by an average of two shots on Sunday. Well, they didn't talk much about that. Of course, they mentioned the weather. But it's a huge deal compared to what they played in in the first three days. A huge deal. Everything's balls going different distances. It's uh, reacting different when it's landing. There's a whole bunch of things to uh, keep into account. So the flag sticks back in the center left portion Mm. of the 11th green. Ricky's right out in front of the green in two. Uh... Real straightforward pitch and run that he hits, okay, 10 feet too hard. Mm-hmm. It just trickles off the back edge, and it skirts. The first bad break was how it skirted <laughs> the sand trap. And, and I mean, it rolled along the edge, and it could have gone either way, and it stayed out of the bunker, rolls down into this water hazard that they call a penalty area now, which is so weird. But anyway, so it goes, he chips the ball into the water. Don't see that very often on the PGA Tour. We did see uh, a tour player putt the ball into the water, drive it on the 17th green, have an eagle putt, and walk off with a double bogey. Big says, "Don't get discouraged, man. Best players in the world just putted the ball in the water." <laughs> so we got Ricky Fowler. So he's like, "Okay, wow, this happens. No big deal. I got a five-shot lead. I'm gonna drop the ball and figure out what you know. Get this thing up and down." He drops the ball. The ball, huge distinction here. The ball comes to rest, meaning it has found a spot on the ground. Let me ask you, I don't remember, and maybe I just wasn't watching that way. Did he drop it, or did he end up dropping it and then placing it there? Um, do you, do I you didn't. They did, they, I did not see that, portion, that part. I don't think there's any way he could have dropped it and stayed there. My guess is he dropped it a couple times or whatever you have to do and then place it where he last dropped it. And that's significant because that means there's probably a tour official. I do, I do know Slugger White, who's a uh, great friend, good guy, and uh, really knowledgeable, hard ass on the rules, nobody's getting away with anything, was there. And so he would have placed his ball, which is even more bizarre because if that ball even teeters, Slugger's going to give him the benefit of the doubt, per the rules, mm-hmm. not breaking any rules, Get that ball to to a place that's going to sit there and stay for you. Well, it stayed for a minute. At least a minute. Two minutes. Walks around, comes back, no ball. So I'm thinking, you're thinking from the player's perspective, as am I. I'm I'm watching this thing, but I'm thinking the caddy's right there. He's thinking, do I throw the bag in front of it? Do I jump in front of it? Do I sacrifice my body? If the ball goes in the hole, I mean, what was running, I would like to talk to him, what was running through his mind on what what to do you know there's a case isn't there a case where 
if the player throws the ball to a caddy and caddy misses and goes in the lake, if they can't find it, it's a lost ball. That happened it? to me. That happened to us. We'll talk about that <laughs> way, way down the line. But yeah, there's all sorts of scenarios. But if he, if his caddy Joe had done any of those things you suggested, there would have been additional penalties. Yeah. So good, Joe good going, Joe. Way to go, Joe, Joe, Joe. Knew. And I think it's good Pearl. He wasn't Kenny and Pearl's Ricky. Oh, I wouldn't have touched that thing. I would have looked the other way like, oh, bird. <laughs> anyway, so it's an additional one-stroke penalty. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, nobody knows what he lies. Nobody even knows that it's another penalty. I knew it's another penalty because that situation has happened to me before. The ball's in rest and it moves. It's just tough luck. The announcers didn't know. Not they got it wrong like three different times. They sure, they sure did. And Roger Maltby's called in, and he's like, well, hell, here's what happened. And they're going, you know what I'm thinking? Roger's taking his shoes off. You know, this is going one, two. And Ricky Holes, about a 20-foot, might have been the most significant shot of the tournament. That's of a the great point. That's a great if point. If he knocks that thing three feet by the hole, three putts, he's going to walk off there with a nine, and his head's going to explode. He knocks this thing in for a triple bogey seven. And anyway, to, to Ricky's credit, we don't need to, because we folks, we know you saw this, but we don't need to kick this horse too far down the line, but we do know that um, he did win the tournament. He, he made two nice birdies coming in, 15 and 17, and uh, won the event, which it's going to look like a win, but... He did come up and say, you know, man, it should have been cleaner. That round of golf wasn't too bad. He had made a double bogey on five and a triple bogey. And the rounds of golf, Justin Thomas had a bad day. Matt Kutcher shot That 75. weather and that change in temperature can wreak havoc. That mindset to try to change those things is huge. you got that mentality of, you know, we need to go, the other guys, to catch Ricky, you know, six, eight, nine under to win this thing. And all of a sudden, everybody's kind of switching and thinking, man, if I go two under, I got a shot to be in here or three under. There was a whole lot going on, and yeah, they could have handled it better, but not over over surprised to me. No, speaking about a whole lot going on, I hope you guys had a chance to to look and see what Gary Woodland did mm. with this the best phenomenal young Down syndrome young lady named Amy on the 16th tee. There, he he pulls her out of the crowd, and she's. Just a delight. Yeah. yeah. And he's talking to her, and Gary's wonderful. Just, I mean, this is the sort of thing that just people need to know about golf. Yeah. You know, who, which hockey player is taking somebody out on the ice? What ba- ball player is taking? This is, you know, this is the, the, the form that they're competing in. It's not during the tournament, but it's, I mean, it is as close as it gets. Well, the other sports do a lot of incredible things. They the do. other athletes all over the place. But to your point, not necessarily on the field of play. And Amy hits, and her expressions and her interaction with Gary, I don't want to spoil this for you guys if you haven't seen it, but you've got to Google uh, Amy on the 16th um, tee at the Phoenix Open with Gary Woodland, and your heart will just swell. It is... I don't have the I don't have the right words. Well, it's the uh, neatest thing I've ever I, seen. You know, I'm into this this positive affirmations, this positive self talk. This young lady is talking herself through each of these shots. I was just getting so pumped up, and Gary Woodland had the most authentic, giggly, fun laugh. I I'm not sure he's enjoyed uh, being on the golf course more than the couple minutes that uh, he had with Amy. It was absolutely spectacular to watch. He was just giddy with excitement and Kuchar's kind of there too and he's just in the background and I think they're both going like you got to be kidding me I mean she hits her ball I'll just tell you real quickly <laughs> she hits a nice tee shot it goes in the front bunker she gets it out of the bunker about 12 feet and Gary goes run a putt and she goes yeah heck yeah I, I, got, I got this, this. <laughs> I got this and she steps up and rolls it right in the hole for a three in front of what probably 25 30,000 people <laughs> and she's waving and blowing oh, kisses beautiful <laughs> smile you gotta it's, see it's this terrific. you gotta see this now we have something on the opposite end of the scale Sergio Garcia halfway made a complete the world. ass out of himself halfway around the world in the um, very, oh, gosh, it, what, what, what do you want to call this event in Saudi, Ara- Saudi controversial. Arabia? Very controversial event in, in Saudi Arabia, which I'm not going to touch on this show. I'm glad to answer emails and things like that if somebody cares. But Sergio gets disqualified for event for damaging up to five greens. Five, five greens, yeah. With his club and his shoes and his feet, where he's basically throwing a temper tantrum because things aren't going for an his hour. way. For an hour, to, it takes well, five holes, yeah, at least, at least, right? at least an hour. Yeah, yeah. good point, yeah. good point. And then they also have him kind of exploding in a bunker, where I guess that's peanuts compared to what he did 
to the greens. But. Well, it is peanuts, but, you know, I thought of an analogy there. If you've ever seen the um, Bobby Knight uh, uh, video, you can still uh, pull that up as well, I'm sure, on YouTube, of losing his mind in the bunker. And then you see Sergio, a, you know, a future Hall of Famer, etc., just completely losing his stuff. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. But what was the point you made to me? Because I'm thinking, okay, that's bad that, you know, he's scuffed in the heels and that kind of stuff. But he, bottom line, he changed. He altered the field. Yeah. He altered the, the playing conditions for everybody else that's coming behind him. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that we're trying to do is have this level playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we're trying to do is have this. And, um, okay, so let's just be real. This is no surprise to me. Yeah. This guy has done some dodgy things as far as I'm concerned. And um, I think if you do any sort of in-depth uh, look into his career, it's been – he's got a great career. Don't get me wrong. He's been a stalwart for the Euros and the Ryder Cup. And Phenomenal player. A lot Phenomenal of hearts and with his great play there. But, man, that um, this, is not a, this, is, this is not a surprise to anybody that's played professional golf. Well, I heard one of the writers talk about it and say, you know, it might be best for him if they did suspend him, if they did kind of lay it out, and you know, to your point, Jay, so that we don't see more of this in the future. This isn't good for him. Uh, this isn't good for anybody. And, you know, you bring this up, and I cringe kind of when you talk about this a little bit, but what if it was somebody else that did that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would have had the same kind of slap on the wrist here. You're out this event and not have a major thing. Again, when, when you kind of laid it out to me, altered the field of play, that, that's a monster. That, that, that alters potentially the whole thing. And, God, I don't know who he was playing with that day, but, you know, the first couple of days he was with uh, DJ. And, oh, yeah. Uh, well, he's, you know, he's a headliner. Yeah, he's getting sure. paid a huge fee for showing up over there, and he behaves like a complete – child yeah. and an ass and he um he should be suspended yeah. um yeah it um dj wins the event we probably ought to mention that that's a lot more fun to talk about anyway. he shot a 60 in round two and I, he's one of those players to watch when he gets hot he's he's probably the only guy on tour that's untouchable maybe rory can take it to that depth i'd love to say tiger in that crowd i'm not sure tiger is in that crowd uh, can hang with that in that fast lane when DJ starts bombing that driver and starts you know chipping and pitching and putting the ball well. It was a fun event to watch. You know some of the early morning on uh, on the Golf Channel and uh, and Lee the Chinese player uh, was was phenomenal. Four eagles on I believe it was Saturday on par fours. Uh, I'm not sure it's ever been done before. I know they were talking about trying to look it up and that kind of stuff. Obviously, there's been four eagles in a round of golf, but normally that's with par fives. Par fours, four eagles. I think uh, 23 years old is all uh, Lee is and did some phenomenal things there. And what a great experience for him because he took uh, uh, Dustin right down to the last couple holes. He absolutely did. And I do have to mention this. He was the subject of a horrific penalty the week before. He's He's running third, tied for third with a putt. Get him to tied for second from four feet on the last hole, and this and this is the same sort of rule that was just rescinded against. Um, oh gosh, is it? I can't remember his name, but this. I want to say his last name is Martin, but I'm not sure that's right. A tour player had his caddy just standing behind him, and the rules officials are just not clear on this this rule change, and they slap Lee with a. A penalty, a two-shot penalty. He misses his four-footer for birdie, so he walks off the green, t third, gets a two-shot penalty. Now he's down to t the fifth or t six. It's hundred thousand dollars swing. Yeah, it's the seventy-second hole of the event. To his credit, he comes right back and runs second the week after. Hey, I like the guy. I like the way he carries himself. I, I've kind of I'm I get up and watch the day in golf in the morning for the European tour when they're playing overseas, etc. I like the way they where he carries himself. Uh, he's he's powerful. He's uh, he's got some real um, uh, you know uh, character behind him. I, I think he gets along well with the other players. Uh, he, he's a fun guy to to watch. I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah, it's just great. The Golf Channel gives you phenomenal access almost 24 hours a day to golf around the world. Well, we need to take a short break. That's going to do do it for the on the range segment. But please come back and and listen to us as we move to the front nine golf with Jay Delsing. Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle 
three veterans of the St. Louis real estate banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate finance and restructuring, and succession planning. Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I want to introduce you to Joe Sheezer at USA Mortgage. When I bought a new house a few years back, Joe provided me with a pre-approval letter that changed my buying experience. The real estate agents and the seller treated me as if I was a cash buyer. The sale went smoothly. I love my new digs and wanted to thank Joe and his team for giving me the highest quality of service and attention possible. Joe has been a loan officer for 25 years. He is a top producer for USA Mortgage and a true expert in the field. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and locally operated, and all processing, underwriting, and closings take place right here in St. Louis. Call Joe at 314-628-2015, and Joe's NMLS number is 281113. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Uh, the brothers Osborne are taking us to the front nine today. Um, we have a special giveaway that anyone uh, who sends us an email question, a rules uh, situation that we read on air, gets uh, two complimentary golf uh, rounds of golf to Gateway National compliments of Walters Golf Management. Well, this week, Mike emails, I have really enjoyed the new show. You talked about hitting a ball out of, excuse me, hit. you talked about hitting a ball or two out of bounds left on some tennis courts. Yeah, we did last week, Jay. How do you mentally handle the tee shot the next time you play the hole? I struggle with old images and blocking them out. I have to laugh. I'll wait for the answer on this one. I can use it. Oh, my God. Well, I mean... First of all, Mike, thanks again for the question, yeah. and it's a poignant one because especially if you play at your home course or you play a, a course often enough, there are holes that just might not look good to you. They might not. They just – and then and then if you have some bad experiences on there, those old memories are tough, tough to shake. First of all – the number one rule in golf, that, that, as I learned on playing the tour, that if you're not comfortable hitting the shot that you want to hit off of this tee with this club, either go to a different shot or more specifically for me, go to a different club. And so, Mike, what I would do on that hole, I would I would probably go to my three wood. I would, uh, uh, you know, I might play a different shot. I might play a draw instead of a fade or what, what, what have you. But Brooks Kepka's points on how to save bad rounds or what to do when things aren't going your way. Remember, he said specifically, what I do is I take whatever club's going to get me in the fairway. And I think that's really important. That's great advice, Jay. And and we all have that. And I, you know, you didn't mention this, but you know, those holes we dream about at night, they were anxious the, the day before and to have that, uh, that example. We talked a little while ago about uh, some of those holes that uh, I caddy for you on, the real tough ones down in Shreveport that one time, that one part three that no matter what you did, you weren't comfortable. And we kind of came up with a plan and, and you executed the plan. No, and that's right. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. You have to. So, so think about it. If you're going to sit there at night and dread this shot or dread this hole, maybe it's the last round of your club championship. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the first round. It doesn't matter. If there's that dread coming in, Anxiety is already building up, and you've really got to short-circuit that. So you, you've got to start that process in your brain while it's happening. You can't, you know, you could try to not think about the pink elephant in the room, but that doesn't work. You know, that's all you think about. Well, you know, on on uh, Mike's great, uh, you know, question, 
You and I have a couple of examples of kind of crazy things that have happened in the past. Some of this is imagery, kind of what we have in our head. I think it ties into the TPC stories that we were talking about. But what's a couple of other kind of crazy things that you've seen out there, Jay, with scores just seeming to happen out of nowhere and just almost unbelievable? Well, two come to mind. And Brad Scherfe was a, a, a friend of ours and a coach at UCLA before we got there and then kind of moved on to other things, turned pro. And we were on at the qualifying school my, my rookie year. I'm, that's the year I got my card. Mm-hmm. And it was in uh, 1984. And we had a horrible windstorm. What at, course? What course was that? Uh, La Quinta Hotel Mountain. Okay. Okay. And the 10th hole, it's got water along the left, OB on the right, winds blowing 60 miles. I literally can't see. Sandstorms, the whole thing, nightmare for this qualifying school tournament. And Brad whips out a quick little 10 on the very first hole of his tournament. It's a tough number for tour school to to uh, come back from a 10. Right. And so we play another three. Ho- I think I got in. I was standing on the tee of my fourth hole, and the tour officials came over, and they canceled the round. They said, this is it's dangerous. People's eyes, you know, we have the, we're canceling the round. Everything that happened to this point is washed out. And we looked at Brad, and he was like, Oh, thank. <laughs> oh man, that is unbelievable. Tees up the next morning, perfect conditions. You know how Palm Springs is mm-hmm. like playing indoors. Yep. Comes out on number ten, makes an eleven. How was the imagery on that hole for him? Oh my gosh. Well, to Mike's point, right. you know that's uh, that's uh, that's a crazy crazy story. Let me tell you real quickly about Whitmore Country Club. I don't know if you guys know this. There's 72 holes of golf at Whitmore Country Club, and there's complimentary golf at other Whitaker courses, namely Missouri Bluffs and the Links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville. And if you play over there under this Whitmore membership, your cart fee- fees are included. There's no food or, or beverage minimum, and there's no assess- assessments ever. Uh, they have a beautiful 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, tennis courts if you've had enough of golf for a little while. But you're getting the picture. This is a really family-friendly, great place to join. Uh, They've been kind enough to sponsor our show. We love having them here. There's a a year-round social calendar. The holiday parties this year, I heard, were fantastic. There are date nights, live music, kids clubs, um, skins games are out there. They have uh, junior tennis, swim teams available, junior golf, obviously, uh, member tournaments, couples events all year round. It's it's just an ideal place. And one of my favorite human beings, Bummer Barry, is the uh, head professional out there. You've got to go over, say hi to Bummer. He is uh, as authentic as they come. He will help you with any questions that you have. And so take a look at Whitmore Country Club if you want to invest the money. It's a great place for your family. You can go work on your game. Your 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 wife and, and your, your kids can go to the pool, or they can come play golf with you too. Lots of places to play. So call them at 636 926 9622, uh, extension 130 will get you to, to Bill Brungart. So, Pearl, I got to tell you, one of the crazier things happened on the course was between me and you. <laughs> so I know you're going to love this story. So I, I, I This could be an entire show. We could, we could set this thing up. So we're playing in the Western Intercollegiate at North Ranch Country Club, which is about, what, an hour north of L.A.? Yeah, hour north of L.A. was the first round of a 36-hole day. Yeah, first round of a 36-hole day. I am playing right behind you. Mm -hmm. And the 18th hole at North Ranch is a bear. OB left, OB right. Was there any? Water right and OB right right. and OB short. Excuse me, and water short of the green. Yeah, water short of the green. Yeah. and um, I'm trying to to justify what happened. I understand. So (laughs) there's a little backup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a big backup once you got to the tee, right? So, so Mike, back to your imagery. I got to think about this and look at this for a long time, and by the time it was time for me to hit, I didn't have any good images going so, on. So, folks, you walk off the 17th green, par three, you walk off the 17th green, and you, you just kind of go off the back of the green. You set your bag down, and then you got to take a go to your right and go back about 60, 70 yards to the tee, and then you're headed actually back to the left. So you're hitting over your golf bags and things like that, right? So there's a delay. The 18th hole's brutal, no question about it. And so I'm standing there, and I look back at my buddy Pearlie. Got his club in his hand, his beautiful UCLA khakis on. So we had one pair of golf slacks to wear 
every single day, and they were khaki. Did you have two pair? I may have had two we pair. We might have had two pair. <laughs> we had our navy blue on. We had our light blue on. We, we look like um, – anyway. So, Pearlie's on the tee. I'm two over at the time, which means, apart in the last hole – for sure, my score is going to count. We would Big. count four out of five or five out of six, whatever that particular tournament was. And North Ranch is not an easy golf right. course. So that's a good one. I'm fifth fifth man type of thing. So we're we're pretty pumped that I'm coming in with 74. Right. Or thought I was coming in However, with 74. <laughs> your first shot, where'd you go? Way left. Way, certainly out of bounds. Didn't have to think about it or go look. It was out of bounds. So left. this is my, my buddy. And I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, damn. And he looks at me like, hey, can you throw me a ball? I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. Get in the back. Beautiful toss. One hop right to him. Where would that next one go? Way right. Out of bounds. Wasn't even close. Didn't need to go look for that one either. Nope. So now I'm going. I don't even look for his gesture. I'm just going back to the back. I'm like, okay, cool. I got this. Another nice throw. Step up. Pearly's on the tee. Way left, way left again. And, you know, one other piece of this, I mean, I get this is kind of funny. This is the first time of funny. This is the first hole my father ever watched me play in college golf. I'll be honest with you, I had a pit in my stomach, too. <laughs> especially when we finish up the rest of the story. Because, folks, I got to throw another ball back to him. My arm's kind of getting a little sore, but I, I power through it. Nice throw right to him. Well, we go. Another foul ball comes off of that face, and the ball's off to the right. I think was it off to the. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It was out and of bounds. I've got my fifth, and now I'm thinking, man, I don't want to screw up my game. I'm a couple under par. This is good. And, and I'm just kidding. And I and I I'm like, well, I'm gonna. And I I kind of wing this ball off, and I hear my buddy go, come on, Nick, he's throwing the ball, and I'm thinking. I didn't know I was going to have to throw any balls today. I thought I was just going <laughs> to hit them. And I was like, oh. I was upset that it wasn't a good toss, but I did find it. We didn't lose the ball that he threw. Finally got one in play. Go down there, whack the next one on the green somehow, make a 14. So shoot a little low, a 10, 10 over on that hole, and I was two over, so that's 12 over. So 84. Here's the, here's the tough part. You're, you're talking about the tough part. I got to play this again in two and a half more hours because it's a 36-hole day. That's right, and we'll start on the back nine. Yeah. But I want to tell you a little bit what happened on that, that second uh, time around. I made a birdie. Yes, you did. I made a birdie. And who got most improved on the 18th hole for the week? <laughs> well, I got most improved for the week, period. 18th hole on the golf course, just that I survived that thing. Oh, I remember that like it's yesterday, and you're... Oh, boy, that's something. This game will absolutely bring you to your knees. Well, there's crazy things. We talked a little bit in the first segment about it. But, Jay, can you touch it? Because I threw it out there, and I don't even know the rule. If you're on the green and you're throwing me a ball, and I miss the, I miss, I don't catch your throw, and there happens to be a lake there and it goes in the lake, how the heck does that play? Is that a lost ball? I've, I've heard Pate had that problem, and he made his caddy jump in the water and search around for it in the mud because it meant about 20 or 30 grand to him. But did, have you ever had, a, had that or seen that? I have. I, I was playing in the last round of the LeJet Classic down in Abilene, and I had a, just a local caddy, my rookie year on tour. Who, who and couldn't I, catch. Who couldn't catch. And we're on the last hole in the window, and Abilene blows 1,000 miles an hour. I toss him this ball. It kind of runs up his forearm. He drops it. He goes down to pick it up, and he just kicks it. And it goes off the edge <laughs> of the green and into the water. Now, I'm playing with Jeff Sluman and David Edwards, mm-hmm. and there's 20,000 people around the 18th green. Mm-hmm. And we all just kind of laugh. He goes in the bag, gives me another ball. I put out. Now, you gotta, here's, here's, here's how this is really significant. There's only three tournaments left in the year. I'm right on the bubble of keeping my card, not keeping my card. I don't know the rule. He gives me the ball. I'm like, give me the ball. Get away from it. You know, you can't catch anything. And put it down, knock my putt in the hole. Go in, sign my card with Sluman and and, uh, and David Edwards, and uh, off we go. So I'm in San Antonio the next week, and I'm doing a, playing a practice round with uh, Pate and Paven and Weeby. And uh, Slugger White comes up to me and goes, Jaybird, come over here. i got to ask you something. I said, hey, what's up, Slugger? And he goes, what happened on the 18 last week? Um, I don't know. What do you What do you mean? He goes, well, did your ball get in the water? I said, oh, yeah, I tossed. I had this 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 local caddy for me and threw him the ball, and he kicked it around, and that daggone thing went right in the water. And he goes, you should have been disqualified. I said, what do you mean? He goes, that's a lost ball. Wow. 
it is a lost ball. And I said, well, however, if I would have known that, that would not have been a lost ball. <laughs> Because this guy would have had some new scuba experience because I would have held him by his feet underwater until he came up with a Titleist three, So there was no penalty. But what's interesting about that is the tournament becomes official once mm. the whoever wins the championship and they it becomes official and they can, can't go back. So right. it was fortunate because I made about thirty five or 3800 bucks, which doesn't sound like much now, but it was significant at the time because 47000 kept your card wow. in 1985. Sure. But Oh, those are great stories. That's going to do it for the front nine. Um, let's have a, a, a couple of uh, messages from our sponsors and come back as we go to the back nine. Golf with Jay Delsing. Are you looking for a golf training facility and PGA pros to help you out year-round? Make sure you get to Golf Tech. They've been in St. Louis since 2007 and have three convenient locations to serve you. They've got state-of-the-art video equipment, and you can take your lesson home with you and replay it as much as you'd like. Start with a golf swing evaluation for only $125 and let a Golf Tech coach customize a game plan for you. 314-721-GOLF. You can find them online as well, golftech.com St. Louis. Play better. Swing better. Golf Tech. I got a big shout out and a thank you to Whitmore Country Club for supporting my golf show. I don't know if you know, Whitmore Country Club has 72 holes of golf. There's a 24-hour fitness center and has a extremely large pool complex. This is a family-friendly country club to belong to. There's a kids club in the main clubhouse right near the fitness center. There are golf leagues, skinned games. Members, tournaments, couples events are available all year long. If you join at Whitmore, you also get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardine, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And the cart fees are already included in that membership. There are no food or beverage minimums, no assessments. Go out and see my friend Bummer out in the clubhouse. He is an absolute jewel and a wonderful guy that will tell you all you need to know. Or you can call Whitmore at 636-926-9622. After 25 years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delsing takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the show. We are going to start the back nine. I'm your host, Jay. I got my buddy and favorite caddy, John Perlis, with me. And um, earlier, I got together with... Justin Hoagland from Golf Tech. And uh, Justin, oftentimes I've seen this happen so many times where an amateur comes into the to the shop and they think they know what their problem is, but they're not really uh, uh, on point very often, are they? We do. And, and um, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but there's a lot of different uh, myths and misconceptions of the golf swing that we find that uh, amateur players and good players come uh come through the door thinking that they should do and whatnot. But, you know, the video that, that is provided and the motion analysis that we conduct, the web lessons that we conduct uh, to everyone that comes in, is a constant reminder that what they feel is going on in their swing is not necessarily the case. As we might say, feel is not real to, to most players unless they own the motion. So uh, what we deliver to our students is a real fact-based but yet uh, – way of practicing too with our technology and and uh to give them that sort of backbone with their game that they can trust and and uh, move forward in, with improving so um we, we have people coming in all day to practice and, and hone in their game and that's what that's what i think people like about uh, golf tech anyway that's great stuff from uh from justin at golf tech um pearl the top 100 golf course per golf digest came out and um, it's always kind of cool to look at those top 10, top 20, and kind of look at what it's like. But for years and years, especially before I played the tour, these courses would come out. I was like, I, I really don't care about any of those courses. I just want to play somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll talk about these, some of the top, you know, and they're not only top in our, our country, they're top in the world. Sure. But I, I think th- this is the part of the, uh, especially as a kid, this never didn't mean anything to me. I don't know about you. I mean, it would have been maybe it would have been different if I thought it maybe maybe one day would have an opportunity to play some of these. But I I feel like sometimes people get a little out of whack with um, oh my golf course isn't in the top hundred, so it's not any good. I don't I don't subscribe to that thinking. 
I definitely don't. I think it's kind of fun that the top 100 to take a look, maybe notice if you've been able to play a couple, what ones might be on your bucket list. I'm with you. Yeah, as a kid, never even thought that I was ever going to play any of those types of things. And I see of the top 10, I think I've got three or four in there that I've had the opportunity uh, one way or the other, just a lowly, lowly caddy that I was able to get out and, uh, and play those golf courses. And I, to your point, though, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of the game. It, you know, what? maybe it's more to talk about the best experiences we ever had on whatever golf course it might be. No, exactly. And I, I just, um, I looked at this and I'm like, I saw this list come out. I'm like, man, I want to reframe this and kind of look yeah. at this in a different eye. I mean, yeah, can you, if you ever get a chance to play Pine Valley, well, yeah, yeah, we'll walk right, you know, we'll start walking to New Jersey right now. But um, it's it's still, we when 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 you caddied for me, one of the coolest, funnest, most fun, funnest, funnest. All right, I know what you meant. More funner. <laughs> That's nothing. Um, Again, I think we we were talking about a disclaimer, and folks, we we understand that on this show there are going to be uh, made up words, um, incorrect uh, numbers, and when we quote, you know, ages and how many wins and things like where that, where we were, that, that's, who we were with, that's that's right. That, there's going to be inaccuracies all over the place. So hopefully, you're getting used to a little bit of those now. One of the few guarantees we'll make. Yeah, yeah, and um, so hopefully you can kind of. Be flexible and go with it. <laughs> you know what we mean. Yeah. We mean well. <laughs> we, we do mean well. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Of the top ten courses, I think I probably played seven of them. You know, and Okay, it's, but play the game. What's what's the best one you played? Or maybe where, what one did you have the best experience on when you played it? I, I think it's got to be Cypress Point. Okay. Um, I played Pine Valley, which is number one. I have not played Augusta, which is a long story we won't get into. But... Pine Valley spectacular, don't get me wrong, but Cypress is it's almost like the universe was the architect. The Pacific Ocean is out there and the holes that are cut around there and the charm, you know, and, and you start thinking about how old that golf course was and what how those folks used to play it with the equipment mm. that they had. You know, that um Well, sixteen spectacular out there. I've been fortunate enough to play it as well. And and describe a little bit when you walked up to 16, what what that what you saw. What were the conditions that day, if you remember? Yeah, I'll, did, I'll did, never did you knock it on the green? No, I did knock it on the oh, green. That's I awesome. actually, well, I was, a good is, long, I was a good long iron player. And, yeah. and that was, uh, as long as it, it wasn't too crazy, crazy windy. So, folks, the, the, the 16th is probably, no, not probably, it is the most famous hole in the world. It's a 240-yard par three with... A little slice of land to the left, what do you? Th- and it angles, so it's almost hard to hit if you pull your shot. So if you hit it long, you go in the ice planter in the ocean. You hit it short, you're in the ice planter of the ocean. You hit it right, you're in the ocean. If you hit it left, there's a little sliver of land that you get to walk on, but chances are it's going in the ocean. So it's either on the green or not. So 15. One of my favorite holes out I there. Mean, Never gets any uh, any publicity. But or I could credit. hit that green. I mean, there was a wedge, but it had a lot of the same elements. It was just 150 yard or 100 yard shorter type of a thing. Right. And gorgeous. And you're right, it doesn't. And I was so blown away going up to that hole, thinking nobody talks about this hole. This is awesome because plus I can play it. Yep. That that 16. Well, at least you kind of feel could, like uh, you can play it. You know. Yeah, you we still you had to hit a shot. Hope you have to hit a yeah. good shot. And oftentimes, well, the 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 differentiator out at Cypress is the wind. Hmm. So if you get a 20 mile an hour wind, that's one thing. If you get a 30, 30 mile an hour wind, that's a whole different animal. Because I've played there and I've had to lay up before on 16, and uh, that's. That's a tough part. Well, we've seen Pebble through all different types of things through the years on TV. Unfortunately, a couple times I got to caddy with you out there, and you're right. The wind and the conditions can turn that stuff upside down out there. Yeah, that Monterey Peninsula is absolutely gorgeous. But uh, and there, there's a, just a little sidebar. If you've never driven down 17 mile drive, that's accessible to everybody. I think you got to pay five bucks an hour or something like that. But that's accessible to everybody. And if you're into golf at all. Please make a point to go drive that drive. If you get a chance to play the golf courses that are down there, great. That's fantastic. That's an extra bonus. But just making that drive. Bottom line is, kid from the Midwest, when I did that, all out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I, I was just crying. I was just teared up. It's it's just 
like a special place. It is a special place. The history, and not only, you don't even have to love golf to love that 17-mile drive. It is cypress trees. It is coastal, you know, rocky coves. you got the lone pine out there, which is this weird pine that's about, what, 50 yards off the shore that is sitting out in a little rock formation all by itself and it's it's just a spectacular place beautiful homes and deer are just kind of walking around like they live there because i think they do and <laughs> they're tame they almost look tame but um yeah it's it's a, a beautiful place one of my absolute favorite places when i get to visit the monterey peninsula and um the u.s open is going to be there on the, on the peninsula this year fantastic you're going to be there I haven't got my assignment yet from uh, from Fox, but I sure hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. Toes. I know I know you love that. As far as caddying goes, certainly my favorite. Some of my favorite. I have a lot of great memories caddying for you, traveling around that kind of stuff. But uh, eighteen caddying eighteen at Pebble, man, it's just a special, special, special thing. And you know, I had the the great fortune of playing the U.S. Open in '92 at Pebble, and um, boy. You played well, really well. I, I, I had a I had a crash of a finish, or else I would have I, I might have had my only top ten in a major. I was certainly on the first page of the leaderboard and moving down, moving up the list, and then I backed the bus up and headed. I think I finished like twentieth or thirtieth. Yeah, still not, a good me, finish. not memorable, but um, the conditions that day, I'll never forget this. Standing on the seventeenth tee. When we play the 17th tee and the AT&T, which used to be the Bing Crosby clam right. bacon, it's usually a six or seven iron. The wind blows maybe a five, okay? In the U.S. Open, they use the back tee of the fourth tee, which is mm. right behind. It was 200. I'll never forget it. It was 246 <laughs> yards on Sunday. Wow. And the flag stick is tucked over where Tom Watson chipped in back left. And the wind, and this is the year that Tom Kite won. The wind is literally blowing 30 miles an hour. And that's when I think one of the broadcasters crowned Colin Montgomery the champion about four hours in because he had a really hot round before the wind started blowing. And I, I'll never forget, standing on the tee, I'm looking at this shot. I got 200. This is back, guys. Bad ball. Mm-hmm. Wooden head of clubs. And I got a 246-yard shot into a 30-mile-an-hour wind, left or right. And I looked at my caddy. I'm like, I don't have a club for this. He's like, what do you mean? I go, I, what fits? Mm-hmm. What do what, I got to try to fit in what here? What did you do? So I took my one iron, which, you know, we all carried one irons back then, and I took it, and I was pretty good with that, and I smashed it up the right <laughs> and got it in the back bunker, and I didn't get it up and down. It was all part of that. That was a good play. That was a good play. It was all play, part though. of the slide. I knew where I wasn't going. Sure. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't, exactly. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be a, some sort of hero. I think, Pearl, they said in the last three hours of that telecast, no one hit the green. Wow, yeah, you know you, you've already got you've already got a, a a championship course, so you're already more than stretched to finish. Then you throw those conditions in, then you throw that it's U.S. Open, then you throw that you're trying to get a top ten finish or better. Because there was a a couple moments there where it could have been better than just quote top ten. Yeah, there's no question. I remember being four under par after seven holes on Sunday and rocking it up the leaderboard. And oh man, what a great great feeling that is. And those were never. Uh, I didn't struggle when things were going well like that. My struggle was when I was teetering, mm-hmm. you know, where I didn't have my game, and I'm like one over par to one under par and just trying to figure it out. So uh, I've told people so many times, the hardest putt and the hardest shots to pull off on tour are on Friday when you're trying to make the cut because your game's not that good. I've won the tournaments I've won, and man, coming down the stretch, I birdied. Shoot, both tournaments I've won, I birdied the 18th hole in regulation. And I had so much fun doing it. I remember being very nervous, but stepping on the green in Omaha, and all of a sudden something hit me like, man, this is what I've wanted my entire life. And, and by something hit me just by judging. I was playing with Chip Beck, and um, I think I was just playing with Chip Beck, and, and I knew I got the last putt. So the whole turn, nothing could be decided until I got the putt. What a cool feeling. And all the nerves left me, and I just like, can I hit this putt? You know, we were talking about Adam Long knocking that putt in. I just knew I was going to make this putt, and I'm so glad somehow it snuck in there. But um, when you get those feelings as a player, man, it's almost like all the hard work just, just pays off. It's a beautiful thing. It's uh, why the heck you're out there. 
And that's one of the things I thought. You know how many times I, I, I remember reminding myself, do you know how many times I stood on the putting green holding putts to win the U.S. Open and I hold them you know, from the time I was 12 years old? And then this certainly wasn't the U.S. Open, but it was the tournament I was playing in and there's nothing like winning. And, uh, yeah, it was a memorable experience because I, I, as I was walking to that green, I thought, how the hell am I going to I'm, I'm do this? Yeah. And well, then it, it was just calmness that came. Pebbles in the top ten that we were talking about on the on the best courses, and there you are playing U.S. Open. There you're playing in the toughest wind conditions and that kind of thing. So all those special, those special things. It's uh, it's just kind of neat. It's kind of neat to watch you and uh, the number of times you've played so well up there. Well, thanks. Pebble Beach is number seven in these rankings. So, um, yeah, one of my favorite places. Man, I really hope I get that call for Father's uh, Day weekend up there. That would be spectacular. I hope you get it as well. I bet you do. Well, that's going to do it for the back nine. We've got our 19th hole segment coming up. Uh, but let's hear a couple words from our sponsors uh, at Golf with Jay Delsing. Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing. They've been around since 1973, and it's been family-owned and operated the entire way. Father Danny Capps started it all. Now sons Matt and Jared are fully involved. And at Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery, they host the area's largest selection of Lazy Boy and Flex Steel furniture. Plus, you'll find a full-service Mohawk Color Center featuring carpet, hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. Everything is professionally installed at Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery, plus easy to and setup of new furniture however and wherever you want it they'll also haul away all of your old furniture can't beat that deal going the extra mile that's what jerseyville carpet and furniture gallery is all about find them online jerseyvillecarpetfurniture.net or call them 618-639-9858 most people think to get fit you've got to be in the gym five days a week well i used to think that too but that was before i discovered 20 minutes to fitness 20 Minutes to Fitness makes it possible to achieve in one 20-minute session a week what might require three hours or more a week at the gym. It reduces the time it takes to exercise by up to 90%. Their trainers can get you in shape no matter what your age or fitness level. They do it using special equipment and safe, medically-based approach. And all it takes is 20 minutes once a week. Honestly, 20 minutes once a week. Sound too good to be true? Your first session is free, so try it and see for yourself. They've got locations in Clayton and Chesterfield. To learn more, visit 20minutestofitness.com. 20 Minutes to Fitness. It's just 20 minutes just once a week, and it works for me. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can get involved in the show by emailing your questions and comments to jay at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I've got Pearlie with me, and uh, we are going to the 19th hole. And um, got a really cool brand-new event coming to St. Louis this year. My friend Jim McLaughlin uh, is here to tell us about the St. Louis Junior Invitational. So uh, this summer, on June 13th and 14th, uh, we will be hosting the first uh, junior St. Louis Junior Invitational Golf Championship. Uh, that we uh, intend to be a long-standing tournament in St. Louis at Norwood Hills Country Club. And our goal is to attract the best junior golfers, men and women, from not only the Midwest but hopefully across the USA to come visit our our city and and, uh, take part in this uh, new opportunity. Well, it just sounds exciting. So you're going to have a boys and a girls division, ages 14 to 18, I think you said. Correct. So uh, as of uh, the last day of the tournament, June 14, 2019, if the junior golfer is age 14 to 18, they will meet our age requirement. We're going to uh, select 72 players, 45 men and 27 young ladies from the players' pool. Uh, for the championship, there'll be a men's and women's division. There'll be a 36-hole event, and um, after the two days, we're going to crown our first champions, and we're also going to be awarding them the St. Louis Junior Invitational Champions Jacket. So it's something that uh, we hope will be a signature item of our championship, uh, and will also be something that draws players to want to participate too. Oh, man, that's really exciting. I, I look back, I know it's been almost 100 years ago since I was a junior golfer, but I, it's just terrific, the opportunities that these men and women are uh, 
are getting to to, to kind of display their skills. And um, we got to talk a little bit about our friend Bob Phillips, who has been a huge supporter of golf in St. Louis in any way, shape, or form. We know he's under the weather a little bit, so Bob, get well soon. And um, this is kind of his brainchild, wasn't it? It, it surely was. This was something that Bob has been uh, working on and talking to people out for for quite a few years. And um, it came to fruition about a year ago, and we started doing a lot of um, you know work and reaching out uh, with players and uh, high school coaches, also a lot of um, you know regional golf coaches um, you know are getting involved in coming to the championship. And it was all from an idea that Bob had to promote uh, what he hopes to be the premier Midwest junior amateur uh, in the United States. Terrific. So, Jim, tell everybody about the website. How can they get more information? Because I know we need to get as many junior golfers to sign up for the player pool. And if you don't get yourself into that player pool, you're not going to be considered uh, for one of the, the uh, selections into the Invitational. A- absolutely. So our website address is stlgolfjr.com. It stands for St. Louis Golf Junior. And if you click on the player registration tab, it will take you to an area you can fill out your contact info, your tournament experience, your GIN number, and those will all be criteria that the uh, the tournament committee is going to verify and use to select our final players being invited to participate in the championship so any player can register on the site and if you're unsure if your your player is the right caliber or if their schedule is going to fit or anything please go ahead and register your player because we are trying to collect a pool of the best players to create the best championship experience and and uh, we need people like you know, the many families in St. Louis, Southern Illinois, um, and the surrounding states to, to uh, take advantage of this. Yeah, so this is really cool that this event's coming to St. Louis, and the the goal um, is to make this, uh, shoot, one of the best junior tournaments in the country. Growing the golf in your area, exactly what you're after. I can't wait for this tip. This is one of my favorite tips to help people with your sand game. We are going to help you get out of the bunker. Okay, um, so the first thing that we have to do, you got to get your most lofted wedge, and we want to have some bounce on that wedge. So that's the bottom of the wedge, which is a, a flangey-looking um, kind of rounded uh, part of the wedge, and I'll tell you, you'll know why that's uh, important in a minute. Now, you can't do this when you're playing in a round of golf, but here's what I want you to do when you're practicing. Get your ball in the sand. And before you put your ball in the sand, I want you to draw a line in the sand and make this line three and a half, four feet long, okay? And I want you to take your stance around that line, and I want that that uh, line to be about a third of the way forward up in your stance, okay? And I actually put it put it about middle of your stance, and then I'll tell you why. I want you to take that flange, the bottom of your wedge, and I want you with a slightly upward backswing, so a little higher or feel like you're lifting the club back a little more than normal. Okay, I don't want you taking it way outside like you see on TV sometimes and stuff. I want you doing that, just kind of pick it up a little and then drop it straight down in the sand and drive that bottom of the wedge, that flange, on that line and let the club keep moving through and, and, and pivot ever so slightly to your left. Now, Here's here's what happens. You're not going to be able to hit the line. The line is crucial, folks, because we need to get you entering the sand at a part that we can measure and that you instinctually and golf-wise can measure so you know how much sand you're going to take with this shot. Because once you get proficient at hitting this line every time, okay, then I'm going to want you to put this um, line behind your ball one and a half to two inches. That's it. One and a half to two inches. Not six inches like they say on TV. No. One and a half to two inches. And then I want you to pretend like the ball's not even there. And hit that line with the bottom of that flange and drive through and let the club on, go on by. Now, one thing that's important to know, the face of that wedge stays slightly open. 
Okay, slightly open. It's not pointed for us right-handers. It's not pointed way to the right. It's just got a little more loft on it. That's going to help expose that flange, okay? And that, um, and then that flange is going to get driven right into the sand, and it's going to bounce. It's called bounce. Really smart engineers have designed the club to do this. It works like a charm. Now, here's a couple other things I want you to do. I want you to stay in your posture. I don't want you coming. I don't want a whole lot of bend. I don't want a whole lot of weight shifting. If anything, put 60% of the weight on your front leg. So for us right-handed golfers, that's going to be, I want you to keep downward pressure on your left foot in that sand. Lift it up a little bit, drive it through, and let the club do all the work. It's going to pop the cl- the ball up out of the sand beautifully. It's going to give it lift, and it's going to take away all the anxiety of you hitting at the ball. Here's the best part of this drill. Get that line two inches behind your ball. Hit your shot, and then look right down at that line and go, did I hit the line? Oh, I sculled this thing across the green. You hit in front of the line, didn't you? You sure did. Oh, I, I, I didn't get the ball out of the bunker. I, you probably hit three inches behind the line. That line is your, it's like training wheels, Pearl. It gives you direct feedback, direct feedback. That's, that's awesome advice, and it's interesting, uh, Jay, because once you understand and you get how to play a bunker shot, it's actually a place that you would prefer to be a lot of times. And, and I know being out there with you guys, uh, all those times is how many times in par fives, hey, maybe I can't get on this green, but I want to be in that bunker. It's a lot easier than that rough that can have all kinds of different lies and situations to it, but you know basically what's going to happen in the bunker. But until, to your point, they understand the the basics of it, then it's kind of a nightmare in there. You don't know if it's going to get out, but once you got it and once you kind of follow through with what you just suggested, it can turn into a strength pretty quick if they practice Oh, very quickly, and I've never seen anybody give this bunker lesson. I've helped 30 handicappers get out of the bunker immediately, and it's all about how much sand you take. We have. If you're anxious because you think you're going to skull, you're going to hit six inches behind the ball. You can't possibly swing hard enough to hit it far enough. You can't, right. and you just don't. And um, it's... Uh, it, it it is, this thing is foolproof. It is a it is a great way to get out of the out of the out of the bunkers. And the other thing that it will do, folks, is it will completely curtail your anxiety because anxiety is a killer in golf because it makes us squeeze the club a little harder. It does all sorts of things that are not conducive to feel and to playing well. Well, it's interesting you're talking about bunker game because we talked about uh, and you can see it on uh, on YouTube, Sergio in the bunker now. Was he following your uh, your suggestions all the way through, or I think he took like six or seven whacks at it? In I there. couldn't tell. I think it was in Spanish, so I couldn't tell. <laughs> if it, it was in Spanish. It was so funny because they caught some of the audio, and he's just absolutely going going to town on it. It reminded me, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, the Bobby Knight. And I think Bobby Knight. If you Google Bobby Knight sand trap in golf now must again see. it's a mu- it is a musty it's not for everybody no, it's, it's i think a- 16 and over or 18 and over you know make some judgment calls here uh but i mean pretty hysterical and if you're any kind of bobby knight fan through the years and uh, kind of understand how he operated it won't overly surprise you but it's quite an exhibition and he's actually getting a lesson at the time i believe that he put that exhibition on he is getting a lesson you're not hearing them talk about a line back there are you <laughs> they talked about a lot of other things just yeah they sure kind did of, kind of slight survival well just give a give a a little story maybe the best bunker shot you ever hit or under pressure or anything can you kind of remember anything Oh, back, back man, in the day I, for I, you? Can, I can remember um, one year at uh, Milwaukee at Brown Deer where I hit my, um, my second shot going into 18 in the front, not the closest trap to the green. You know how there's two. Ooh, so, yeah, I miss hit an one. iron shot coming in. It's not good. And, I, and the flag stick was down in the front, right? And I hold that thing for eagle on the last hole. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, yeah, that that those um those don't leave you too often those uh, those good memories because there's you know you're walking up there going oh boy I put this thing in a really bad spot and uh, came out of it yeah really well. Maybe that's another one we could talk about in the future is that 30 40 50 yard uh, bunker shot arguably that one of the hardest if not the hardest shots in in the game. I'm going to say it's the hardest. Yeah. I I I really am. I'm going to say that um it uh, man we had some great experiences together up at the 
Milwaukee Open. Great uh, Midwestern golf fans up there. It's really sad that there's no tour event there. But um, that's going to do it for our 19th hole segment and this week's um, version of Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly, thanks so much for being with me. Loved it as usual. Really enjoyed it. Loved that we ended the 19th hole at, uh, at, at Brown Deer. There's some synergy there. And Big Ziz, Brad Barnes, thanks so much for working the uh, board for us. And um, write us at j at jdelsinggolf.com. That's J-A-Y at J-A-Y-D-E-L-S-I-N-G-G-O-L-F.com. And hit them straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday from 7 to 8 for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime... You can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.